ricochet right in your face. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast Off-Season Edition, baby. This is easily, easily the most packed week that we've had this offseason, probably debatably the most packed week in 2020 in the NBA. Um, I got my co-host with me, Zaid. How you doing, pal? Good, man. Enjoying the snow. How are you? Yeah, you're you're out of time. You're remote calling in today. You're not in the stew. We're doing it. Mother We're Nature. doing remote. Yeah, the the roads are too bad. My driveway is too bad. The, the city comes in and shovels and and, and and clears the the roads and just puts all over the driveway. So yeah, and they they only do that when the when it's like frozen slush and it's the most impossible to remove. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And then your car can't get out. So that's the beauty yeah. of winter, man. Welcome to winter, bro. Absolutely, but uh, this winter is is a little bit different because we have NBA free agency slash trades slash draft happening in the winter to keep us warm, to yeah. keep us entertained. We got Woj and Shams on the mic. So, man, a lot to uncover uh, and actually so much to uncover that we're doing our, I think, our first ever two-parter. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we're going we're gonna to do the Eastern Conference in this episode, and then we'll drop another one for the Western Conference. And we got a pretty cool guest coming as well this week. So a lot of a lot of content uh, for the fadeaway. So we're, we're pretty excited to to just get right into it. So let's, let's not waste any time. Uh, yes. So, so, uh, so the way we're going to do it and Fetty and I, we went back and forth debating what was poss- possibly the best way to do the, this episode or this two part series or whatever you want to call it. And so what we're going to do is go team by team and then conference by conference. So this first part will be the Eastern conference. And then the second part will be the Western conference. And we didn't choose all of the teams in each conference, we chose. Um, I believe for the East, we got the top eight. Uh, what, we, we, we got them whatever they need to know, whatever whatever the fans need to know. We'll yeah. cover today. Yeah, if we're so not if got, we're not covering it, you don't need to know it. Yeah, so we've got the top nine teams, or what we think are um, not the top nine, nine teams in the East, but the teams that made a big splash. And honestly, big time. maybe maybe a team that didn't make a big splash that, that should have. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, point. We, we we've got the 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 nine teams in the Eastern Conference for you today that we think you guys should be aware of coming heading into the season. So to start us off, the Milwaukee Bucks. Boy, oh boy, the Milwaukee oh, Bucks made buddy. a huge splash. One of the first splashes of you know the NBA you know free agency period. Um, and basically, you know, they were able obviously to keep. So Giannis is still there for a year. They they brought back Pat Connington. Um, and then Brooke Lopez and Chris Milton are, are remaining with the team. They didn't. They weren't going to go anywhere. Um, the splash they made is really who they brought in. And you know the most notable name that they brought in was Drew Holiday from New Orleans uh, via tr- via trade. And big pickup. Big pickup. Arguably one of the most underrated players in the league. One of the most underrated. Actually, one of the most underrated defenders in the league as well. And and at the same time, he can get a bucket whenever you you want him to. So. Bringing in Drew Holiday was a huge, huge, huge deal for the Bucks, especially um, with them trying to prove that they want to, you know, a, a real shot at the championship and wanting to keep Giannis. Um, and in the process, they gave up Eric Bledsoe, Sterling Brown, George Hill, um, and they also lost Wesley Matthews, who declined his player options uh, for for the next coming for the twenty twenty one season. Right. And so we'll talk about him in the second part of this one. It, Exactly. So, you know, the big the big thing for Milwaukee was bringing in Drew Holiday, as I mentioned. Fetty, you know, go ahead and, and, and let us know what you think about that that pickup. Yeah. So it's it, so it's interesting, right? Because everyone who's watching and every Raptors fan is watching all the East's movements because obviously it all impacts the Raptors directly, right? These are your com- your competitors. This is the top five, six in the East. So we're looking closely, not just in Milwaukee's offseason, but we were looking at them in the bubble. And, and in the bubble, it was so evident that they were missing a playmaker. You know, Eric Bledsoe's a nice player. He's not a great player. He's definitely not a championship player. And for them to upgrade from Eric Bledsoe to Drew Holiday overnight, it's tough, man. Drew Holiday, if you listen to other NBA players talk about Drew Holiday, they speak so highly of him. He's like uniformly known as the most underrated player in the league. He's one of the best defenders in the league, got a solid shot. The other side of it, I'll be honest with you, is that I felt that they gave up way too much for him. They gave up their future. Um, uh, they gave up like five picks. I think it was three firsts and, and two pick swaps, um, which is very, very big considering Drew Holiday 
technically has never made an all-star team. I, I think he might have made in the one. West. He made one in, in Philly, in Philly, way yeah. back in the day, and then not not since then. I, again, he's playing in the West, so I don't want to knock him. Uh, but his last All Star nod was, I think, seven years ago is when it was. So it's been quite some time. Um, but I mean, man, if you're Milwaukee, you're a small market team. You got Giannis in your hands by draft. You're doing all that you can to try to keep him. And, and look, yeah, they mortgage their future. It is what it is, and it might suck in the future, but. When you have a trend, like a, a generational player like a Giannis, you got to do what you got to do to keep him. And and this and because the thing is about it, man, we're not even covering the fact that they picked up DJ Augustine as their backup. Absolutely, Bryn, you're right. Bryn yeah, Forbes, Bryn Forbes from the San Antonio. I'm surprised they gave up Bryn Forbes. He's a very nice player. He's a young shooting guard. He's a good player. They pick up Tory Craig from Denver, which was a massive pickup. A massive pickup, Tory Craig. So these are they got Bobby Portis. He's not a scrub. You know what I not mean? Not scrub so by any means. This and and the funny thing is, man. Like fast forward. I mean, rewind like five, four or five days. Woj had come out and said, "Yo, Bogdan Bogdanovich secured to the Bucks." Five days before the the deadline. Uh, and then obviously that one retracted, but that one I think they would have not have been able to have the roster that they have because they would have lost all their depth in the Bogdanovich trade. So I, I don't know. It might be a blessing in disguise because DJ Augustine, Tory Craig, Bobby Portis, and and um, Bryn Forbes, man, and now you get I, to keep Dante Divincenzo. Like I, I think I think what you say when you say they mortgage their future and. Absolutely, I agree with you that the mortgage are future. But like you said, you know, you've got a player like Giannis who needs to win now. And if you don't win now, you're not going to keep him. So, you know, obviously the worst case scenario is that they don't win now. And then they just rebuild the whole thing all over again, which is very, um, very realistic given, given you know, the competition this year. But, you know, the guys you mentioned, you bring in Drew Holiday. So, I mean, their big three is now Giannis, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton, who are who's a solid big three and then they've got other key key players that they brought in like um Brent Forbes and and um uh DJ Augustine to to kind of fill up their bench and Bobby Portis also to fill up the bench. I think bringing in Bogdanovich especially at his price tag would have been a bit too much. You know, it, you you at that point you might have too much talent on your team and like you said if you if 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 you bring in Bogdanovich and that's your four main guys Everyone else you're signing is at a minimum, is at yeah, a veteran exactly. minimum, and, and they're not quality guys. So, you know, like you said, blessing in the skies. I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, Bogdanovich went elsewhere, which we'll talk about later, which we're also very excited for where he went. But as far as Milwaukee goes, I think they got infinitely better, um, especially w- with taking out Bledsoe. I don't think Bledsoe was that guy to run their offense. And I yeah, think no, he they, get, they get a new guy to run their offense. Bledsoe was very, a very good defender, and they got they somehow upgraded um, at that position de- defensively, which is great for them. And obviously, upgraded upgraded offensively. So, I think you know this is once again could be a first place team in the East. Um, I don't think they'll fall below the top three in the Eastern Conference. Um, and this is it. This is the last year for them to make a run at the title. Yeah, if they this don't is, it's win do this year, yeah, it's championship or bust for them this year. So if they don't win this year, they can kiss Giannis goodbye and they can basically blow this all up yeah. for uh, next year. And, and look, come. we should clarify that we are recording this Sunday night, November 22nd. So by the time we release, if Giannis signs an extension, then all of this is irrelevant. But I don't think that he will because that is kind of trapping yourself for no reason, unless he really wants to secure the bag. I don't know. I think Giannis has the flexibility that a James Harden has to decline a $50 million option like a Gordon Hayward has, which we're going to talk about, to decline $35 million, $32 million, whatever the case may be. So uh, that's that's that with Milwaukee. I think they have a nice little season coming up. There's a lot to prove, but they have a lot of depth. I, I like the fact that they have a lot of – they have a lot of wing guys that are very athletic, like a Pat Connaughton, Brent Forbes, um, Torrey Vincenzo. Defensenzo, so a lot of a lot of bright talent there. Let, excuse me. Let's move on to Philly. Um, Philly big, made some big splashes. Big splashes. Man. So they made splashes from the top down. Yeah. So they picked up Daryl Morey as their GM a week after he left Houston. They picked up Doc Rivers like three hours after he left the Clippers, uh, and then from there they just put in work, man. So some of the additions that they have is Seth Curry, Terrence Ferguson, Danny Green, Dwight Howard. 
and this is at the expense of guys like Alec Burks, Al Horford, and Josh Richardson. So really, I don't think that they lost that much. I mean, they did lose Zaire Smith. He's a young guy. I've heard some things here and there about him. But for the team that Philly is and what they're trying to do, I just don't think that Zaire Smith is someone we need to hold on to very tight. So they did retain Joel Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, Shake Milton, Ben Simmons, Matisse Tybel, and Korkmaz. Uh, and on top of that, they added Seth Curry, who's a great 3 and D player. Terrence Ferguson is a very young, very, very, very springy athletic player. Yeah. Came from OKC. They got Danny Green, who you and I trash talk like. Danny Green all Don't day, like. every single day. <laughs> um, but, I mean, he has one, so he's definitely, you know, in addition to the locker room, whether, you know, from a leadership perspective or from a seasoned veteran perspective. So it's definitely a great add-on to have. And then to back up the big man, they picked up Dwight Howard, who just had a fantastic season with L.A., Ah, I'm excited, but, Um, but I felt excited about Philly last year too, but go ahead. I'm not really, I I think they made a lot of big splashes, but when, when you really break it down and look at who they brought in, who they gave up, I don't like, I'm thinking they net, like they net positive, but barely, you know, I think them getting rid of Al Horford and his contract was a huge deal. I think that makes the team a lot you know, it makes it, it it makes the team a lot more fitted to play Darren Morey's type of basketball, and it makes them a lot quicker, a lot smaller, and you know relieves their books a lot. I think what they really missed out. I think giving up Josh Richardson for them is huge. I think Josh Richardson is a great another one of those great you know two way players can defend and can score and can shoot. Um, I'm not, you know, they bring in Dwight Howard to back up Joel Embiid, which I think was a really good move. I think. Him as a backup, he excelled so much with the Lakers that he he did such a good that he you know like he can he can play any type of basketball you know coming off the bench. So I think that's a very good move. But I was looking more so for them to move Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, or Ben Simmons. Those I, I are, was thinking one tough. of those, especially Tobias Harris. I thought they were going to make a big move and include Tobias Harris in a deal, and it didn't happen. So I you know I understand moving Joel and and. And Ben Simmons is tough to figure out, you know, which way you want to go, which one you want to build around again. But Tobias Harris is one of those guys who you can you can you can move him. He's still he's still a prime can player. He though? He's got a so. lot of money in the bank, he, man. He's got a lot of money in the bank, but still a prime player, still a guy that, you know, a team can use, I think, to to, you know, add a third option or, or, or something like that. I think still movable. Definitely hard to move, but I thought Darren Moore was gonna come in there and be like, These three guys, you gotta go. I so, it, yo, it's those three guys plus Al Horford that needed to go. He got Al I, Horford gone, which is great. I'm expecting yeah. more from Dylan Morey, though. I think more is going to happen in the coming weeks or or um, you know, even in the middle of the season. I couldn't. First of all, I couldn't believe that they moved Horford with his contract. He's got three years left on that the contract. That was a bad one. All of it guaranteed. Uh, but Tobias Harris, man, after after last season, Tobias has four years guaranteed money tough, in his contract. Next year is 34, 33 and a half. Then he's 36. Then he's 38.5. Then he's 40.1. He's 40.1 million in 23, <laughs> 24 for, for a guy like Tobias Harris. That's a tough contract to move. And from what I've heard around the league, from, you know, insiders from Philly, from, you know, different podcasts I've listened to, Maury didn't want to trade either Ben or Joel without having a go at it. You know, like really? it's a whole different regime. It's a different, it's a different regime from top to bottom coaching, management, so he's like, let me surround these guys with who I think, you know, can complement them well, and let's run it back. To your Josh Richardson move, he's a great player, and I'm very happy that he's in Dallas because yeah. you know how I feel about Dallas. Like, exactly. We talk about it all the time. He's a great player, but is he a great player for that system? And we saw at the end of last year, he came on and said, X, Y, Z happened in the locker room, blah, blah, blah. So there could have been something, you know, we don't want this guy in here anymore. You're going to go on and trash the team and, and do this X, Y, Z. We don't want it anymore. That's one thing. Second, who do they flip him for? They got Seth Curry back. You know, not back. They got Seth Curry That's in exchange, okay. right? And Seth Curry is a better player for the system that they want to run because they don't need – they have Shake Milton as their backup ball handler, okay? Ben Simmons is going to be the guy, no problem. You need to surround Ben Simmons with shooters. That's why they picked up Danny Green, Seth Curry – and they dropped a Horford, they dropped the Josh Richardson. So I'm excited to see how that works out. I think um, it's exciting whenever there's a new regime dealing with superstar players. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to see what goes on. At this point, 
if you want me to rank them in the East, I they're a five five is their ceiling. I I, I don't the see them Eastern... going higher. These conference tough. rankings are tough, man. It's tough, man. It's tough to look at, especially you don't know how Brooklyn will come, but we'll talk about that later. But, you know, I see them as a, a, a mid-Eastern Conference, a mid-to-low-Eastern to Conference playoff team. So I still definitely think they're going to be in a playoff hut. There's no doubt about that. But do I think, you know, they made championship moves this year? No, but like you said, Darren Moore wants to run that team back and see how they perform and see maybe where the weaknesses are, and then he'll, then he'll start to make moves. So definitely think it's a good start. Toronto time. Toronto time, man. Toronto. It, it, Wowza. This 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 week has been a very stressful week for any Toronto fan, mostly because what they didn't do. Um, if you wanted me to grade their their week and their free agency and period, I'm like, I would give it a C. I I, I, I was not really that impressed. I think, you know, so Toronto obviously, you know. The players who are staying, OG Ananobi, he's not, he, he wasn't going to leave. He wasn't like under, um, he wasn't a free agent of, of any sort. Stanley Johnson opted into his player option, so he's staying. Yay. Got, yeah, right. We still got Kyle Lowry, Pat McCaw, Norman Powell, Pascal, Terrence Davis, Duan Hernandez, and Matt Thomas. Those are the, our, our uh, two way guys as well. Uh, I think Matt Thomas might have made the team uh, later on in the year, however. But the biggest thing we did this, this offseason, was re-signed Fred Van Vliet to the $85 million deal. Now, the only reason why I make I, I think that was a great move is because we didn't end up giving him that $117 million five-year, like, crazy max deal. Um, so, it, and, it, and if you actually look at the details of Fred's contract that he signed, I believe the second year goes down by 8%. So... It was actually so the deal is very advantageous to our free agency run next year, which is obviously when the Raptors want to go out, uh, have a run at Giannis. So that was a great signing. It was I think they got his market value right on point. Perfect. That's exactly man. that's exactly what he was worth. Um, exactly what you know in our opinions what we would be willing to pay Fred VanVleet. That if is were the Raptors. fair market price, hands down. Exactly. So great deal. That was a great move. Um, the draft I think was a great draft for the Raptors. More notably, they 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 drafted a six one another small guard Malachi <laughs> Flynn at twenty nine, and when you and I were discussing this, you know, as it was happening, this guy is the successor very high of Fred VanVleet. I'm very high on this guy. He he, you know, a lot of people in the draft are very high on him. People are saying he might be, you know, later down the road, might be the best point guard in the draft. You know, we watched his highlights, we looked at his game, and I saw Fred VanVleet. I saw Kyle Lowry, and I think it's great that they they drafted someone just like that. You know, Kyle Lowry. Might be in his last year this year, so Fred VanVleet takes over for the next four years or the, uh, the three years after that, sorry. And then you have a great backup point guard who's on the rise in Malachi Flynn. That's the ideal situation. Yeah, so I think that was a great pickup. Yeah. Um, as far as our our ends, we we just, I think, half an hour ago. Actually, no, let's start off with the outs. Um, we we lost Serge Ibaka and we lost Marcus Gasol. We lost Serge Ibaka, I think, yesterday, and we lost Marcus Gasol maybe half an hour ago. And, you know, I'm going to let you talk about Serge Ibaka because you had a lot of Serge Ibaka slander originally. And yeah. maybe about an hour ago, we found out what really happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which I hope contributes to you grading them a C on the week, the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. You had, I, I, you had I, one job. You had I, one no, job. Honestly, after, after finding out the Serge deal, like, might go to a C-. minus. I'm not going to lie to you. Because that okay. was really a poorly handled situation, in my opinion. Yeah. So last night... Around like midnight, just after midnight, it got leaked or reported that Serge Ibaka is joining the Clippers like his little old pal did last year, Kawhi Leonard. So I was hurt. I was very offended. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was very offended for a couple of reasons. And and neither of those reasons, guys, have anything to do with Serge being the answer to our success. Because prior to the move, I said it. You can attest to this. I don't think that even signing Ibaka is not going to be good enough for us, given how the other teams stacked up. So I knew that from the get-go. I know he's not the answer. But you're going to give us an ode, a three-minute video on Instagram a couple days before, hey, Serge, are you staying with Toronto? And you're going to answer. You don't have to answer the question. You don't have to answer the question. For you to come here and say, yeah, you know, I don't know. 
this, this, and that. I love Toronto. They love me. Um, bro, who asked for this? Who who asked for this? I, I didn't ask for this. Did you ask for it? I don't think the Raptors asked for it. So I don't I understand see. why he came out and said that. And then and then what was the other thing that he did too? Oh, where am I going? He on my the, way. The, the Instagram picture, yeah. On yeah, my yeah, way yeah. to dot, dot, dot. Bro, this is a, because you're not LeBron. You can't get a, a full show. This is equal to the decision when you look at Serge in comparison to LeBron. It was one of those things where it's like, bro, just leave quietly. Like, why do you have to taunt us on your way out? Yeah. And then he, like, I didn't like it at all. But then, but then, I apologized. I apologized to you, Serge Mafuzi. I gave him up last night. I said I agreed with someone on Twitter. I said he's your Fuzi now. He's not my Fuzi. <laughs> but he's he's back to being my Fuzi because the Raptors reportedly offered him a one-year contract, which we knew because the Raptors had about eighteen to twenty million caps, which we were expecting it was going to be a one-year eighteen to twenty. That's why I originally thought. Right? And, and, I was, and, I and, he, it, I was like, hmm. And that's why really? I was pissed because yeah, I'm like, you took a two-year 19 over a one-year 18? That makes no sense to me. Like, yes, you want to win, but the guy is from Africa, bro. He's going to want to get paid. Like, why would you do double the work for half the money? It doesn't make sense. And then it comes out a day later, um, you know, Serge Ibaka was offered a one-year 12 million. 12 million, yeah. Are you kidding me, bro? Yeah. That's actually embarrassing. And you're going you're gonna to wait three days. You're gonna wait three days to offer him this this chips yeah. deal. Oh my goodness, I was so pissed when I found that out. Like, like this this does not seem like I feel like Masai is doing this on purpose because they haven't extended him yet. There's I, I no don't know. Uh, there's no way. I I I was thinking you know Serge was at least worth 15 mil a year. Now whether you want to do that a one year or two year or two year would cripple us for the for the next free agency period, which we want to go for Giannis. But you know Serge was at least. I think, in my opinion, like you, I, um, a lot of people, I don't know, also, a lot of people are saying he's washed or he was, didn't have a good season, didn't have, didn't play well. I don't Miss really see, that. I don't really see where these people are seeing it from because you don't watch basketball at that point. He had a very good uh, season with the Raptors. He had a very good bubble performance. Uh, I think it was career high in points and I think um, amongst his career highs in rebounds as well, which is all we really wanted. He shoots well from the perimeter, can stretch the floor, so he's a very quality player. He is down on the downside of his of his prime, I guess you could say. He's what thirty one years old, so he's still got maybe two or three years left. So, you know, from if I'm Serge Ibaka, I'm looking for a two or three year deal. So, from his perspective, for the Raptors to give him a one year deal, knowing that one year deal only at twelve million dollars. First of all, I think he they undervalued him by 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 a bit. Second, that one year deal doesn't really mean much to a guy like Serge because he knows he's just there for one year until you until the Raptors get Giannis, then he's out. So, from Serge's perspective, why not go to a team like the Clippers, who are very win now, who really want to win this year and want to win next year, signs a long term, a longer term deal, more guaranteed money, and he doesn't really lose that much money. I think he just leaves pretty much four. If he were to do the math, it's it's eight million dollars a year on the, on the Clippers deal. He's just losing four million dollars, I guess. If you want to do it that way, so it is a better deal. But to your point. And he's gonna win, like, like he has a higher chance of winning. Call it what it exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. But to your point, didn't like how he went out. Didn't like how he tried to play that little mind game with the Raptors. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, thank you, Serge, for your services. Thank you for what you've done. He was oh. a great. He was he was a huge catalyst to our championship team. Is he a Raptors legend? I I don't think so. People the golden saying, question. Think, Apparently, he is, I, bro. I, I, I see people on Twitter saying Raptors legend, forever a Raptor. Well, sure, forever a Raptor. If you win a championship with an organization, you are forever that that team's player. I agree Yo, with that. But to how many years into the franchise? How many years into the franchise life do we stop giving out these charity awards? Though, like I love that he played really well for us, but man, he wasn't even a top three option on the championship say, team. To say he's a Raptors legend, you are. You what are records does he have? You are embarrassing the franchise, and you're making it look like the Raptors do not have any legends. What records think, does he have? I That's agree the with you. What, what, where is this coming from? So, bro? for a lot of people who say, "Oh my God, Raptors legends," for sure. Yeah. Thank you, Serge. He had a great three years here. We loved him. He loved us. There's no doubt about that. He won with us. That's great. Yeah. Raptors legend? No thanks. Like we've got guys. Who are legend worthy? Yeah, come on, man. That that's just a bit. That's embarrassing, bro. Like yeah. Fred Van Vliet's more of a legend. Pascal Siakam's more of a legend. Yeah. These guys are homegrown. We picked this guy up. He was trash for a year and a half, literally trash. And I think people forget that he was garbage. 
He couldn't hit a shot. He was dying we, in Orlando. We saved, we saved his career from death. From literally death in absolutely. Orlando. Bro, we got him right. for Terrence Ross. Take that in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, Move. man. But like you, but like we said, so so Serge Ibaka is out. We had the whole spiel on Serge Ibaka. Marcus Hall also out. Just signed the LA Lakers. Yeah. Legit happened an hour ago. I don't really have much to say on this because I can really care less about Marcus Hall signing with the Lakers. He, once again, not the answer to our, to our problems. Wasn't going to be our savior, and he had. He's frustrating to watch. Absolutely frustrating to watch. It looks like he's not into the game. Even in our championship season, he was very. He was still frustrating to watch. Great IQ, great passer. Not the answer to our to our problems. And finally, um, Masai finally d- decided to sign a big man. Also in the next, in the last half hour, we signed Aaron Baines on a two year deal, fourteen and some change million. Um, and I believe I the, like second year, the second year is a team option, which is great. So this year is kind of like a, a tryout. I do like it. And it's funny. Like I, I actually mentioned yesterday, I'm like, watch, we're going to sign Aaron Baines. And we ended yeah, up signing Aaron Baines. Yeah. So I, I do like the deal. I think Aaron Baines is, is an underrated player by, by you know, his standard. You know, he can step out and shoot, shoot the three. Yeah. He's a good defender. Um, you said uh, earlier that he's the guy that you would love to have on your team but hate to play against. And I totally yes. see that. So I think it's still a, a solid pickup at the five for the Raptors. They were, were really, really, really lacking a five. I love that it's a basically a one-year deal with a team option, which kind of forces him to really play hard. And you know, he he had a good a, a good season in Phoenix until he got injured last year. Yeah. So and I was I was actually going to say that he came off yeah. a career year, so he yeah, doubled so, his points per game. Um, yeah. But I think that's because Aiton was out, so he was starting for a vast. Majority he was starting of that. exactly. But he's going to be starting for the Raptors. So yeah. I, I'm personally very optimistic with Aaron Baines. Not the answer, but you know, he's still yeah. a solid fill-in for what just, we're what the Raptors just are really a fun fact. Say. Just a fun fact: his career high in points was six point six, and last year he put up eleven and a half. Yeah. He also thirty five percent from three on four attempts per game. That's a lot. That's a very good percentage. So he was he was eighteen nineteen. Eighteen nineteen he was putting up one point two attempts a game. Before that it was point three. Last year four. And he's thirty five percent. That's a very that's a yep. very that's very 50, good for a yeah, big man. Fifty eight percent from inside. He's seventy five percent free throw shooter, down from eighty six. He's kind of Ooh. He, he, Ooh. he 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 wavers. But I think the reason why he's down from eighty six is because he probably got way more attempts last year. Than the years possibly before. that that's where I'm thinking. But last season he played 42 games. The year before 51. So I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, hopefully he can stay healthy. I think he's a nice yeah. pickup, and the team option is very flexible. So all in all, for the Raptors, C C minus in my opinion. I I think we the, the the Raptors lost out on a lot by waiting too long for Serge and waiting too long to make move. They weren't aggressive enough. Now doesn't that remind you of last year when they waited too long for Kawhi to decline? Exactly. So now, do I hope Messiah has a trick, a, a, a trick up his sleeve, maybe a trade or some of some sort? We'll see. I learned, I've learned to never doubt Messiah. So you know, as far as it goes for right now, you know, I, I think I think the Raptors have dropped heavily in the Eastern Conference. Um, once again, mid to low playoff team, in my opinion. Now I'm excited to talk about big other big splashes, but let's get through some quick ones. Um, yeah, the Miami Heat. And I think Brooklyn we can talk about. So let's do Miami first. Um, pretty simple. They they added two of pretty much the same player, Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. I like both additions. I think both are great 3 and D guys, and I think it's a perfect fit for Miami. I think that they paid Iguodala too much and gave him too big of a role. Not paid him too much, but definitely gave him too big of a role. Uh, and, I, and I think that they did see that last year in the playoffs. So they're like, you know what? He's a nice player not the kind of guy that we need. We need someone who can do more. And I think Iguodala is great for a golden state type team, um, but they need a bit more youth. So I like the additions of Avery Bradley and Mo Harkless. Obviously they didn't do much to their core because uh, they're all on rookie contracts, but they did retain Goron on a three-year deal, which is kind of expensive, but I like it. And Myers Leonard, they retained as well. I actually want to also, you know, you, you say they didn't, they didn't do much with their, with their core because they're all rookies. I actually want to highlight a very like minuscule point, but Something that I think is so important. So they actually, for Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, they made their contracts fully guaranteed for next year. And I like that move is really it doesn't matter much when you look at the grand scheme. But like for those guys to get to know that they're guaranteed that to have that level of comfort 
and for them to know that that or like you know Pat Riley believes in me this much and he's fully guaranteeing my contract for next year, you know. So it just shows them that when you perform, you get rewarded. And I I, I saw that move like in, in the middle of all the transactions. I was like, whoa! I'm like, I love that move. It's something. It's just a small gesture that I think is going to go such a long way for them. Um, now they did give up Jay Jay Crowder and Derek Jones Jr. Um, you know, I, I think you, when you mentioned they they really felt the contract of Andre Iguodala. I think that's what they, I think that's where they felt it a lot. You know, Andre Iguodala is 36 years old and they they signed to a fat deal, a really really fat deal, and his role was nowhere near that deal. So I really you know crippled them in a way where they couldn't bring back Derek Jones Jr. who was signed for I think. Two years, eighteen million in total, I believe it was, and Jay Carter who signed with Phoenix. I'm not sure for exactly how much, but it really crippled them keeping those guys. So that's why they're gonna miss Jay. I think they're really gonna miss Jay Crowder, but I think adding Mo and Avery is a really good, you know, just get rid of this guy and we don't want to think about him anymore. Uh Derek Jones Jr. is one of those players who is much better for the team that got him than the team that gave him up, only because his role with Miami was very minimal. And I think where he's going now in Portland, I think he's going to be a much better player in a better role. So I'm very happy with that move. And I'm very actually excited to talk about Portland tomorrow uh, or in, in our next episode for sure. Uh, let's let's talk some Brooklyn. Um, yes. Yeah, so Brooklyn yeah. is, you know, we know they've got Kyrie, KD. They've, so as, as of today, they still got Jared Allen. Still, they still got Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, the biggest splash that they retained was Joe Harris. Joe Harris got paid four years. They're very high million, on him, by the way. Seventy-five million dollars. Um, they're, you know, you can see the league paying a huge premium for shooters, a very, very big premium. Four years, seventy-five million dollars for a guy like Joe Harris, like that. You know, ten years ago wouldn't be the deal at all, right? Yeah. So you can see that they're actually paying, though. Yeah, they, they're they're paying a huge premium for shooters, and Joe Harris is literally like. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Um, whether it's off, you know, uh, catch and shoot, you know, he can even shoot off the dribble. He can make it. He can't really make his own shot, but yeah, um, he's just an uh, all-around pro, man. He's an all-around all pro. pro. He, yeah. he seems like he's that guy you really want to have in your team and really want to retain. So I'm happy that he he stayed with the Nets. I think you know when you have Kyrie and Kyrie, their ability to create shots for other people, I knock down shooter like Joe Harris, who can really really fill it up. Great great choice for them to keep. They still got DeAndre Jordan, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince. So they've still got a large part of their core. Um, they only really gave up Garrett Temple, which, you know, he wasn't, um, you know, a big contributor to that team. And I don't think he would have been a, a big contributor to the team this year with the, with the new additions of Kaidi and Kyrie. But they've got a lot of free agents. Justin Anderson, Michael Beasley, Wilson Chandler, uh, Jamal Crawford, Tyler Johnson. So a lot of guys who... They're, they might be at most small impact guys, so it'll be really interesting to see how they actually fill up the roster and how they, how they, you know, you know, add guys and fill in the roles that they really need. Absolutely. And one more thing that you, um, I don't know if you mentioned it, I may have missed it, but they picked up Landry Shamit from the Clippers, Ooh, yes. which yes, is a yes. huge, huge pickup. And and I was having this discussion. I don't think I don't think I remember a player. As good as Landry in his first couple of years get traded as much as Landry Shamet has. Um, it's very but true. They picked up Landry Shamet. They picked up Jeff Green, which is a nice veteran addition. Nice guy off the bench. He's not going to do anything for you, but I think Landry Shamet is a very key pickup. And you put him, Joe Harris, on the court, on the wings. You spread the court like that. And, and man, they have they still have a lot of young studs, man. They got Karis LeVert. Uh, they got TLC, Luau Cabarro. Um, and then their core guys, Spencer Dinwiddie as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, for Brooklyn, I- I'm excited to finally see it all go down. Hopefully, um, hopefully it works out. And I think we have another quick one as well, Washington. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that was more of like a, a trade request. That was yeah. So Washington, they didn't really do much. I would say I think it's the biggest story around surrounding Washington was John Wall found out they were building around Bradley Beal and requested a trade from the Wizards. John Wall hasn't played a game for the Wizards in what two years. Um, back so to for back him, injuries. Yeah, so for him to to kind of be surprised at the fact that they're building around Bradley Beal, who's been healthy and who's been balling out at an unreal level, um, is it, a little bit surprising to me. Um, I think he kind of just kind of took that too too sensitively, I guess. I think having both of them back um, would have been a nice you know thing for for them to see how it will play out this season. I, I kind of don't think they're going to be in the playoff run 
again this season. No, no, definitely. Um, especially it, it, as constructed, I don't think so. Exactly. Now the the trade rumor is John Wall for Russell Westbrook. And swap with two of the worst contracts in the league. Two and yeah, and I don't really see how either team benefits from that. I just, it just maybe it just as a it's a purely like emotional trade. Like they will be happier in these spots instead. Let's just trade these guys because not I'm not gonna say very similar players, but guys these both those guys attack the basket very well. Can't really shoot that well. Both very athletic. Uh, both ball dominant. Both don't really make their teammates better. So, you know, you're, uh, you know, to some, you know, give or take, plus or minus a few, whatever, they're kind of the same player, same type of player. So I don't think it does a lot, but that would be a huge blockbuster trade. Absolutely. Um, moving on from them, though, let's let's get back into big splashes. So let's talk about one of my favorites, Atlanta. Um, so Atlanta is my 2020-21 dark horse. They're my new Dallas they are one of my favorite teams. I think they've had a great offseason, and I need to find their GM and shake his hand. So let's talk about who the Atlanta Hawks got rid of, okay? So they got rid of VC's contract. Obviously, he retired. Dwayne Dedman, they got rid of in a trade, and Jeff Teague went to Boston, which we're going to talk about shortly, all right? So pretty decent. So they saw, they drafted... Big O, Onyeka Okwangu, or Okwangu. Wow. Good Sorry. You, you, you got that off. Nice. Onyeka Okwangu at sixth, who is a great, great, great prospect. I'm excited to see him play. He's a high flyer. I think it'll work really well with Trey. And Trey even tweeted at him. And he's like, I hope you're ready to catch some lobs. So um, I'm excited. And now who they brought in. Um, so they brought in Chris Dunn as a backup point guard, probably third string, because who is their second string? Is Rajon Rondo, baby. They added Rajon Rondo. Huge. They added Rajon Rondo. They added Tony Snell. Tony Snell is one of those guys where you don't know if he can provide anything until he's on the court. And you're like, man, this guy's a really good corner three-point shooter. This guy's a really good defender. He's lengthy. He's a big body. I don't know if he's going to play many minutes, but I trust Tony Snell to not give you bad minutes. He's not a bad yeah. player. He's I not a that. great player. Um, big ads. Uh, Danilo wow. Gallinari from OKC. Ooh. Wow. Danilo Gallinari off of a great career, one of his career years, uh, and a great shooter, big body, veteran. And my favorite, personally, is Bogdan Bogdanovich that they added from Sacramento. So I want to say that they did throw the offer his way. I don't know if Atlanta's or if Sac is going to match. I don't really know what the status is with that. But assuming that goes through, we're looking at a lineup of uh, Trey Young. Bogdan Bogdanovich, Daniel Gallinari, John Collins, uh, Clint Capella. And then on your bench, you have Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish, who are all three of them are prospects, top, top prospects. And then you got Chris Dunn. You got Rajon Rondo, Tony Snell on your bench. You got a Kwangu somewhere in there. Actually, a Kwangu might might start over uh, – I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. They have a lot of big bodies between a Kwangu, Collins, and, and Capella. I don't know what their rotation is going to be. But, man, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for the Hawks. I'm hyped. It, listen, they, they – I, I think I, I – we, we talked about the Hawks earlier. I was like, yo, this guy, this GM, we, I don't know who their GM is. We, he up, you know, he's up there for GM of the year. With the moves that he made, with the additions that he made, and the way he's complimenting his team, like, I love the fact that they, they brought in Rajon Rondo as a backup point guard because you know what he does, you know, on the court. You know what he does as a mentor to a young Trey Young. You know, he's going to make him so much smarter, so much of a better playmaker, so much of a better defender, which Trey Young probably gets knocked for at this point in his career is, is his defense. So, you know, bringing him to mentor a Trey Young is, I think, a great move. Danilo Gallinari, I think, I think he signed the largest contract for a guy who's never made the All-Star game yeah. or an All-Star appearance. Yeah, and he had the record Something for like three that. minutes. Yeah, um, at that time. So, but, you know, Dino Gallinari is a very is a quality player. He can put the ball in the hoop. He can stretch the floor, um, and he fits into whatever system you put him in. So I think it's a, it's a great move. You know, there's you know if I'm going to give them an, a grade on their on their on their free agency period, a plus, a plus plus they, baby. They, they they went from a non playoff team to honestly, I can see them in the six to eight seed this uh, in, in, in 2021. 
So I would love to see them succeed. I would love to see them flourish. I would love to see that, you know, Trey Young, John Collins in the, in the playoffs. And then especially if they bring in Bogey. I think Bogey, Bogey a lot of people are very high on, on, on Bogey, man. A lot of people are giving Bro, him a lot of money. A he's lot a of great player. In. He's a great and he's, player. And, and I, I think he can complement that team so well. And, uh, you know, like that's, this is the kind of splash kind of I wanted the Raptors to make. Really fill your roster up with guys who are going to matter. And that's exactly what Atlanta did this year. Man, I'm excited to see this season play out. There's like solid seven to eight stacked teams in the East, and yeah, and East even more in the West. Like the, the talent right now is at an all time high. There's no question exactly. about that one. Uh, now, so before before we go to Boston, I kind of actually want to backtrack because we did disrespect somebody on Washington that we should have made a mention to, and that was Bertans re-opping with the Wizards and getting paid. Wizards very high on this guy. A lot of people honestly very high on this guy. He's kind of like a Joe Harris in the sense where he's one of the best shooters in the league. And I, he's like I seven feet tall. Yeah, and I don't have this contract off the, off the top of my head, but I do know he signed a fat deal. I think it was eighty-five again. to ninety. Eighty-five to ninety for five years. Yeah, and that's a fat deal. Another premium contract for a shooter. Um, but you know, Davis Bertans has been balling out in the last few seasons, and I think. You know, he's very well-deserving of the money, and I'm excited to see how he performs this year with Washington. So just just as a fun fact, Davis Bertans last year is coming off 15.4 a game. The year before yeah. it was 8, so he doubled his production. He's doubled his shot attempts. He's shooting nine threes a game at 43%. 43%. He's shooting 47% from 2, um, 85% from free throw. He's getting you five rebounds, so he's not, like, completely useless. Man, that's a he's great. A, it's a nice. It's a nice pickup for them. He's a very. He's a big dude. He can shoot really, really well. And I mean, Washington's not going to win anything, bro. So you just got to retain all the guys you can retain. Exactly. And hope for the exactly. best. Exactly. Now moving on to Boston. Boston didn't have a huge splash, but did. Well, they oh, did I, make, disagree. I disagree. I uh, disagree. I, I don't think they had. Considering a huge splash where there. they're at, considering where they I, were at and where they need to go, I think it's scary. I don't, I don't know, man. I, 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 let's go I, through I it. Let's go through it. Let's go through it. So, um, out of the players, out of the core players, they kept basically. Jay, uh, well, they they extended Jason Tatum to a five-year, one ninety-five. I believe it is five years, one ninety-five million dollar deal. That's the rookie max. I think it's the same as Donovan Mitchell's. And yes, where all I think all of them, De'Aaron Fox, yeah. uh, all those guys. Yeah. So it's 163 million guaranteed, and the 195 you can reach up to 195 given certain performance um, indicators, and if you succeed at those and achieve those those um, those indicators, um, who they got rid of or who they, who left the team, Gordon Hayward uh, opted out of his out of out of a huge deal to sign elsewhere, which we'll get into later on uh, in a bit. Ennis Cantor, which they traded away. And Brad Wanamaker, which I believe they did, they declined the qualifying offer and let him walk by yeah. himself. Which I mean, um, you got Jeff Teague as your backup. Why do you need Wanamaker? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you though. I was very surprised at Brad Wanamaker just because I think he had a great bubble. I think he had a great playoff series, uh, playoffs with with the Celtics, and he killed the Raptors especially. But can so they afford him? Two point five million with the with the Warriors. Is that what he's – but, like, That's how many – is it the one year? Yeah, I don't I know. Think a one year. I think it's a one year with 2.5 with the Warriors. So, to see them not sign him and to see where he did sign for how, how little money, it was kind of – it kind of made me scratch my head a little bit and be like, really? This guy's already in your system. He already knows how you guys play. He had a huge splash in the bubble. I, I was kind of looking – I was kind of – Jeff Teague's a better scratching. player, though. Um, I, He's had some bumps in the road. So, yeah, like you said, they brought in Jeff Teague from Atlanta – who signed? At, um, he's had some bumps in the road. I don't think he's been as good as he as the first as his first stint in Atlanta. That's what we know Jeff Teague as. I think he's fallen off a little bit from that. I think he's still a good signing, absolutely. But it just kind of bad. Modern Wanamaker was already there, already in your system. You know, you're and he's not. He's cheap. You don't got to put a lot of resources into him, right? So it was kind of confusing for me there. But they did bring in Tristan Thompson from Cleveland. And Which I think is a, is the biggest move. I think it's a very big move because they were lacking size in the playoffs. I, I think Daniel Tice was their biggest guy at the five, and you know as quality. I mean, you know, listen, Daniel Tice is a quality player, 
to him uh, to be for him to be your starting five and pay and play thirty plus minutes is very tough. You're very undersized at that position. So for them to bring in Tristan Thompson, I think is a big deal. I uh, Tristan Thompson, I, I don't know how he's gonna fit though. I, uh, he's a great. He's gonna fit perfectly, guy. bro. He's gonna fit perfectly because this is exactly what they needed. Like Tice is a nice player, but they needed a defensive-minded shot blocker. Like I understand that he's not your the best three-point shooter, and Tice did play very well in the bubble. But Tristan Thompson is a championship center. Like say what you will, I don't care. He won a championship. He was a starting guess, center on a championship yeah. team. He's played with LeBron for four years. He has. You know, he has the brain for it. He's a big body. He's been putting in work, and he's refreshed, man. He's been playing meaningless basketball for two years. Now he's got a chance to compete. And on top of that, this is who you're bringing in. You're getting rid of Gordon Hayward. Tristan doesn't demand the ball. Gordon Hayward does. And then to on top of that, to keep Tice, so we still have Tice. We, I'm not even close to a Boston fan. <laughs> they still have Tice. They still have the Marcus Smarts of the world. They still have their core, Kemba, Jalen, Jason. I mean... It's it's a scary looking team, and then I I really really like Jeff Teague with the second unit. Yeah, Brad Wanamaker is a nice player, but he's not Jeff Teague. Jeff can create shots, can shoot better. He's just more confident. I feel like Brad's more of a spot up. Uh, he did bring the ball up a couple times, but it looked unnatural it to me. It, it looked very we'll unnatural. We'll see. We'll see how it fit. We'll see how it fit. I Tristan I, I, Thompson. I don't have much confidence in him. I think he's. I just I, I don't know I, I don't know if I, I I just don't like his personality. Or I just don't like him as a player. I, I I think that contract that he signed with Cleveland kind of just made me not like him, just because it was so, it, it was such a bad contract for them to sign. So, you know, I I was thinking. I I mean, at the five, I don't know who else would come in and and make and and be a better fit for them. You know, given the market, there wasn't many fives out, left out there. But I definitely do think them upgrading at for the size, him, his shot blocking, his rebounding. It's going to be huge for them, and that's. It, it seemed like that. That's what they were missing last year. So, and the biggest thing the is getting getting rid of that boy, Gordon Hayward, bro. That yeah, is just, that, that, that was the biggest thing for them. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be huge, just because it's one less guy that needs the ball, and it's just, and you know, I, you know, you 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 always speculate about the relationship between Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward, and how Gordon Hayward was favored by Danny Ainge because they paid and him a lot Brad. Of money. And Brad. and Brad and Brad. So because so having that kind of almost outfit in the room removed from the franchise, removed from the team, uh, I think that is going to go a longer way for them. Yeah, I saw something online today that said Gordon Hayward turned one, one single Western Conference final or Western Conference All Star appearance mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. two max contracts totaling two hundred and twenty eight million dollars. Yeah, two hundred and twenty eight million off of one. All Star appearance in Utah, yep. way back when. Yep. Very yeah. impressive, very no, impressive work, Gordon. And um, last but not least, the team that got swindled by Gordon, the yes. Charlotte Hornets. And I know that they got <laughs> swindled, but man, are you and I hyped as hell for this team, or Listen, what? I'm gonna watch a lot of Charlotte Hornets basketball. I'm not gonna lie to you. I they're not my dark horse, my dark horse, but they're one not of those yet. Teams where I just want, I want to see how they develop. I want to see how they work. Yeah, um, they're still missing a few pieces. They are still very missing. They are missing a, a few pieces. My biggest thing is they drafted the one only Lamelo Ball on number three. Oh yeah. Um, I, I I love the Ball brothers both. I want them both to succeed. I think Lamelo is far better than Lonzo is heading into his first season in the NBA. Um, Lamelo, we were watching highlights of him yesterday. Um, six seven can handle, can shoot, can pass. Great vision, lengthy. A real six seven too. Real six seven. Um, probably even long, lankier arms too. I'd I'd assume his wingspan is probably even yeah. bigger. His defense is questionable, but just like any other offensively minded rookie, that that's that's natural. Um, I I I just love the move. I think he's he, he is he's box office. He's a guy you want to go and see. And I think there was a stat after the draft: the team with the most uh, with the biggest increase in ticket sales or potential ticket sales was Charlotte. Yes, because of that draft pick. SeatGeek, so. I think it was like the the website traffic, or no, they just said the popularity or whatever. Was like, yeah, I assume so that it was website traffic, but I think it was ticket traffic. So you know, as of right now, him, Devonte Graham, Terry Rozier, you know, they're going to be playing alongside each other. I think PJ Washington. Can, yes, hopefully they can feed off each other. They also have Miles Bridges, who's an athletic yeah. guy. 
Um, Bismack Biombo re-signed with them maybe an hour ago, a couple hours ago. Uh, yeah. I know it was today. They got loads um, of young talent, man. Yeah, so they're, it'll be interesting to see what happens with their young talent. Unfortunately, Nicholas, Nicholas Batum continues to rob them. He opted in earlier on this week into his last year of his $27 million deal. Or that's how much he's getting paid for next year. I did see that they were sh- looking to shop him, and there was interest uh, amongst the league for him. So I'm hoping they can just get him off the books and get him off a team because he's meaningless for that team, in my opinion. Absolutely. And um, I, I just – I think I was messaging you, and I said this. I'm like, just with one draft pick, uh, Charlotte became must-watch TV. So Absolutely, yeah. I'm excited to see this play out. I think it's, it's exciting for Charlotte fans to, to have something to look forward to. I, like I said, I still think they're a few moves away. Like, you can't have Biombo in your starting lineup. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll see how this plays out, man. But that's that pretty much sums up the most before, important moves. Before we finish, they, uh, added, they, added, they did add Gordon Hayward on a four-year. Oh, yeah. We didn't even one, disclose. 120? I think more than that. I it was 120. Was a, four years, 120. He was going to get four, four year, years. He was going to get 400 from, uh, from Indiana. Which yeah. turned into 120 by I Charlotte. Make sure, and, um, I make sure we and got throughout that. Yeah. our throughout our our conversation, by the way, Chris Boucher signed a two year deal. Did we disclose that? Uh, we did not. So Chris, yeah, I think so we said, he, I think we said I think I said Chris Boucher is coming back, but yeah, he uh, signed a two year deal to, to back up to, to back up Bain. So I like that he's gonna get more run. And yeah. um, and Hopefully by the way, bigger. the. Yeah, so JaVale McGee got traded. I think that's the only other thing, but that's that's the other conference. So we'll talk about that in our next episode. So I think that does sum it up. Is there anything yeah, else you want to add? So. That's everything for the East. That's what you need to look out for in the East. If more moves happen, I'm I'm sure we'll release maybe a a pre a preseason episode to, to sure, just highlight those sure. moves. Um, but very very busy week, and this is just the Eastern Conference, and it, it's 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 been. So much fun to track, so much fun to watch what happened and, 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 and see all the trades and all the signings and all, all the moves happening. 100%. So let's, uh, let's call it with that, and we'll come at you guys with the Western Conference moves probably tomorrow.